Hello. So today I want to expand on the Dorothy Dandridge profile I gave in an earlier video. Previously, I discussed actress Dorothy Dandridge and how she was part of the inspiration behind my debut novel, Girl Most Unlikely. And I was a little fuzzy on the facts <laughs> and I forgot just how influential and powerful her, her stamp on Hollywood was when I spoke. So I just want to give her her acting career the respect that it deserves. So I want to talk about Ms. De Dorothy Dandridge. When I was researching Dorothy Dandridge, because I, I haven't looked her up in so many years now, I mean, I, I, I think the first time I discovered her was probably the Halle Berry biopic introducing Dorothy Dandridge. I'm thinking it was around that time that I discovered her. And then I tried to read the biography, which was just way too depressive for me. <laughs> Especially at that time, I just wasn't interested in reading that. I did, like, I think I made it to the midpoint, but eventually I had to check out of that. <laughs> but in my research of Miss Dorothy Dandridge, I noticed some comparisons to the late actress Marilyn Monroe. And the reason why I think of Marilyn Monroe is because I think Netflix or someone has a, a new bio or a documentary or something is out about Marilyn Monroe. And it made, for some reason, when I did the my research on Dorothy Dandridge, I made the connection about how those two women have some, have a lot of similarities in their lives. So obviously the, the known differences would be that Marilyn Monroe is a white-skinned actress and Dorothy, although she is biracial or multiracial, she is considered black. <laughs> She falls in the black category. And then I would say by box office, well, I don't know. By the time both ladies pass, I think I think Marilyn's body of work probably is considered more successful, commercially successful. But yeah, the similarities were eye-opening for me. <laughs> so I want to just give a brief, a brief bio of Marilyn Monroe. We're gonna 
pretend like we never heard of her <laughs> because we know they will not let us forget Marilyn Monroe, okay? <laughs> they will not let her rest in peace. There will always be something going on, some content, some something to keep her legacy alive. But when I think of Dorothy Dandridge, I don't see that same vigor with her legacy. It's it's not thriving the way that Marilyn Monroe is. But anyway, just to give you some history about Marilyn Monroe, she passed away at the age of 36. She had no children. She had a strayed relationship with her mother who outlived her. She had 29 film credits to her name. Some of the known ones are, or the popular ones, I should say, would be Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Some Like It Hot, and The Seven Year Itch. That was another popular one. And they both... I would say both stars came up around the same time between, they were active between the 1940s and 60s. Marilyn did pass away in the 60s, much unfortunately like Dorothy Dandridge. And it was also due to a drug overdose. She was slightly, I would say, tight cast as the ditzy blonde or the the sexy fun gal, you know? <laughs> she wasn't getting, or at least I don't recall seeing her in any dramatic roles. I'm not sure whether she was interested in that or not. But she, she definitely had a, a type of role that she was usually cast in if you look at her, her movies. They're pretty much like romantic comedies. But she was a talented actress. The world had yet to see the expanse of her talent. Um, I would say her addiction to drugs, but also how she was exploited by influential and prominent men that also led to her demise. But we all know the story, unfortunately. It is tragic how it ended with Marilyn Monroe. And much like Marilyn Monroe, Dorothy Dandridge had a similar fate. Dorothy Dandridge had, she also was a voluptuous, sexy, but strikingly beautiful woman coming up in an era where being black and talented in Hollywood didn't lead to an auspicious career. So she had strong ambitions and was put, pushed into the industry by her mother, who also was a singer and dancer and stuff like that. She was in, I don't know if her mother was in Hollywood, but from what I read, her mother was a former singer, it sounded like she had those aspirations, but they 
didn't lead to anything much for the mother. And then she put her two girls into, you know, film and singing and dancing. And Dorothy, she had a sister, Vivian. The two of them together came up and came up in Hollywood. They had a singing trio that they did when they were younger. They, they were the door. I think the Dandridge sisters is what they were called when they were together. It was Dorothy and her sister Vivian and then a third girl. And then Dorothy wanted to venture on her own. And so then she went out and started to get roles and stuff like that. So upon reading multiple summaries of Miss Dandridge. Her her story is one that shouldn't be forgotten, but it's it's also sad how well I wouldn't say not much has changed, but she did pay a price in her day for being black and having those kind of ambitions. Now, Hollywood, it sounds like just whether you're white, black, whatever, it, it's hard to break in anyway. <laughs> but then you put that black on it and yeah, you are going to have even more struggle. And I think the person who said it best was Harry Belafonte, the actor Harry Belafonte, who was one of her um, co-stars in a number of her films. But he said, and I'm going to quote him in an interview with Roland Martin. He said, I don't think a black woman has ever paid as great a price for her blackness than did Dorothy Dandridge. And that statement just struck me because it's so, it's, it's so true. But what he went on to say in that interview is that he thinks Dorothy Dandridge, she struggled because she she had such ambition, but also talent, but she was limited as far as who she could co-star with and then the, the type of roles she could play. Because she's a Black woman, and we're talking the 50s and 60s, so interracial relationships were not tolerated in American society in those days. So to have it on screen also was a no-no. So she was limited in who she could star with. And it was usually Harry Belafonte said it was either him or Sidney Poitier. And she had already done films with both men and so it was hard for her to get a role that was worthy of her talent, but also find a co-star who had the same or who was on the same caliber as her. And then I remember thinking to myself, why are her roles always... Well, it, it wasn't that all of her roles were like that, but I was watching some movie. I can't remember what movie, which movie it was, but it was about, she was playing a woman who was in an interracial relationship 
with a white guy. And I was just thinking to myself, why does it always have to be that, you know? But then I realized, I, I guess in those days, they just, because she was a, a higher caliber star, they wouldn't want to put her in a role where she's just some black guy's uh, girlfriend, you know, because I guess then it would be more, it probably would be seen by a smaller audience because it would be a black story. <laughs> so I guess because of her star power, they wanted, I mean, this is just my speculation that they, they wanted to keep the star power. So they had to have the interracial narrative in order to bring a white co-star in to keep white audiences interested in the story. That's what it sounds like just from what Harry Belafonte was saying about her career and tragic end and and just judging from her her struggles and if you just look at her her body of work she was quite limited in what she was doing so <laughs> It is unfortunate because she was such a talent. Then there is the situation with her love life. So she was married, I think, twice. She was married to Harold Nicholas, who was one half of the the musical duo, the Nicholas Brothers. They were like a they would taps tap dance. And they were pretty popular in their day for that. And so she married him. That marriage produced one child. But then it was later discovered, Dorothy noticed that her daughter wasn't, she wasn't developing the way other kids would develop. At that point, she was somewhere around two years old. And Dorothy kind of noticed something was wrong and I don't know what they would call it in that day I'm thinking it there was there was some type of uh I, I don't know if they would call it autism today or what it was called in that day but some mental issue and she wasn't going to develop past a, a six-year-old I think they said I think that's what I read something like that and so she would the daughter would require a lot of you know round-the-clock care because she she basically wouldn't be able to care for herself she's something related to the blood not flowing to the brain is what I read and so it stunted her mental development and so the instructions that Dorothy was given was to, you know, give her up, unfortunately. And she did that. So she gave her daughter to her, her family to take care of her. And then it looks like that put a strain and other things may have put a strain on her marriage to Harold Nicholas. And... Yeah, that ended in divorce. And then Dorothy Dandridge, she met this guy who comes across, he, he sounds like he's kind of sleazy or he, he doesn't have a good reputation, I'll say. Uh, I think his name was Jack Dennison. And it sounds like he lured her into a 
business deal that would benefit him. <laughs> and so she put money, she invested money into his restaurant, which it sounds like was on the verge of failing. But that led to Dorothy Dandridge filing bankruptcy and the financial issues led to it put a strain on the marriage and he became violent unfortunately and yeah so their relationship was very tumultuous it sounds like from what she has to say but also her friends noticed something wasn't right either but when I watch interviews it sounds like they never understood why she was with him like he wasn't even charming or it sounds like he wasn't attractive like I couldn't find anyone saying anything to say how that relationship made sense (laughs) so I think that just might reflect what a low state Dorothy Dandridge was in that she was just willing to settle for this guy because it definitely sounds like she she was desperate and yearning for love and she had a lot of struggles in her younger years when she was a child so it it definitely sounds like she was just at a low point and she took this guy in and that was a bad mistake possibly fatal mistake I I mean it it did I think that did contribute to her depression but she had her struggles before him so you know but it definitely didn't help that's the bottom line (laughs) it did not help things so that marriage ended in divorce and then Dorothy Dandridge was on the verge of a comeback she went to Mexico to speak with some film execs about doing some movies. She also was in talks with some studios in Hollywood, I believe. And I think she was in the middle of negotiations when, unfortunately, she was found dead by a friend of hers in her bathroom and it was later determined through a toxicology report um, that it was a drug overdose and her close friends dismissed the idea that it was a suicide and they seem to agree that it was an accidental death. Now it does in, in my research, it does sound like Dorothy Dandridge did struggle with drug and alcohol addiction. Um, she admits that herself. I was trying to find the Mike Douglas interview. There's a Mike Douglas interview where she talks about mental illness and I guess her own personal struggles. I could not find that, but... She she does acknowledge that she has some struggles, and it sounds like throughout her life she was, especially in her adult life, she was depending on pills and alcohol to get through the day. So when she 
passed away of the drug overdose, it it does sound like it probably was an accident. Just she's so used to doing that throughout the day and then you know eventually things go wrong when you depend on pills and alcohol so but nonetheless that is my brief history of the beautiful Dorothy Dandridge okay. so in my research of Dorothy Dandridge I came across news of a new musical that is coming out called The Songs of Dorothy Dandridge. This will be at the yes, it will be at Carnegie Hall and it's the producers are Richard Bell McKenji and it's Park Row Equity. Okay, we don't really know. But so the producers are Richard Bell and Nikenji. Okay, and then it will be directed by Tamara Tooney, which I found interesting because I didn't know she dabbled in directing. So she's the one from Law and Order. She's from, I couldn't, I knew it was one of those, one of those. But uh, yeah, she's known from Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And so she's going to be directing this musical. And let me see if I can find out when, not that everybody's going to be there, but still, wonder if you can see like if, if they're putting them on like does do they have a streaming thing for Broadway? I don't know. Because I haven't seen a play in so long. Okay, so it says there will be two performances on Sunday, July 17th, and Monday, July 18th. Okay, okay. I'm like, that was like forever to find that information. But I was, I wish Broadway would have like a, a streaming service or something, like hook up, link up with somebody. So. <laughs> Or do they do that? And I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the musical will have a combination of the great American songbook classics along with an original contemporary genre crossing music, musical score. It says the musical is a joyous, spectacular song and dance celebration of a fearless pioneer who dared to dream, but tragically fell short of her own aspirations. It looks like from the information I got off of the website, DorothyDandridgeMusical.com, it shows the book and lyrics are by Trey Ellis. Music and lyrics is by Shelton Beckton. And Nikenji is the producer and also stars as Dorothy Dandridge. So that wraps this up. I just wanted to give her her due because 
I kind of didn't in my previous video. And you guys can go watch that previous video. I was just talking about um, Dorothy Dandridge and Lisa Nicole Carson and just the inspiration behind my debut novel, Girl Most Unlikely. And yeah, I, I kind of was fuzzy on the facts about Miss Dorothy Dandridge and her life. So I wanted to acknowledge her the way she deserves to be acknowledged. <laughs> and hopefully I did a better job this time around. Now, that's just what I gathered from a number of different places. But yeah, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a thumbs up. And let me know what you think of the Marilyn Monroe versus Dorothy Dandridge. I think I think it would be cute to see like something, a, a movie, a fictional comparison about the two women. Like, especially with the Me Too movement happening. You know how they do um like a reimagination of a real life event or something. I think it would be cool to show Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Dandridge together as two women in support of one another in Hollywood with a Me Too situation in the mix. <laughs> that would be interesting because they, they obviously want us to keep talking about Marilyn Monroe. So... <laughs> They will not let us sleep. They will not let her rest in peace. So that would be interesting. I would I would see that. You know what I mean? You know, just putting that out there. <laughs> For the powers that be, okay? I'm not I don't have that power or influence. So I'm just I'm giving you that one. It's the freebie, okay? <laughs> But anyway, yeah, that's all I got for you. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for watching again. I hope you enjoyed this. And look out for that musical if you are in New York or plan to be in New York in the later half, second half of July. So I will catch you in the next one. Bye.